I think it's your turn. Welcome to episode 19, almost the number 20, of Auto Off Topic Podcast. I'm Brad. And I'm your other host, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Hello, How bro. are you today? I'm good. We have some new listeners. Shout out to our new listeners. We do. We do. I've got another message today from a listener on my personal Facebook page. He had seen me comment somewhere on something's uh, support. Uh, nope. On a Mitsubishi page somewhere, and he saw my Sapporo in the in my like profile picture, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "Hey, I have a Sapporo," and he started talking to me. So, and he was uh, told me today over Messenger that he was binge listening to all our episodes. Oh, cool! During work, he was up to like number fourteen. So nice. You probably hear this sometime this week. Nice. So shout out to him. Oh, it reminds me. I got to catch up with some. Uh, if you. Well, you're not going to get this if you're listening to on YouTube. I'm like a couple behind. I got to upload the uh, basically archiving episodes on YouTube. Right. So you can just listen to them if you use YouTube as a, a player. audio player. We have to push that too so we'll actually do it instead of wasting our time. Yeah, I forgot about it. Uh, my do bad. It. I'll do it. So that we, do it's, it. It's getting warmer now. So we're, it we're, is. we're working on some Sick. video content. It's like spring fever. Yes. Because it was really warm. Like... A couple days, no, almost a week ago. A week ago, yeah. And then it got super cold. Oh, my voice is back, by the way. Three and a half weeks later. Yeah. It was super cold Saturday, like 10 degrees in the morning. Crazy cold. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be cold again this Saturday. So annoying. And then that, uh, you know, Stephanie and I visited you at your house Friday night. And just the drive home down I-95. Right. The car was covered in salt. Yeah, they salted the roads again, unfortunately. Like a lot. But it rained today, so they're pretty clear. Yeah, it rained yesterday. I, today, I so. almost came down in the blue cold today. Mm. Almost, but did not. No, it's still, it's still a little bit. I've just been driving the Montero around. The, yeah, I've just been driving my big dump truck the around. 89, which is still for sale. I still have it. It is. Make an offer. Driving Take it away. Driving every day, because uh, it hasn't been... Before, it was like sitting like a week, but like I'd only drive it on the weekends. Uh, I had some stuff changed, so I'm driving it every day, and it's not blowing oil smoke every day like when I start it. So it was oh, just good. from sitting. So just from sitting. Yeah, and then I just keep checking in. It's not really using that much oil. It's not any more than I would expect an old vehicle to use. Yeah, 239,000 miles. Yeah. It's never going to be perfect. So, But otherwise, good. it's running really good. And It is a fun truck to drive around it's town. It's fun sure. around town. Yeah, yeah. As long as you, I mean, it's not, not even bad on the highway. It'll keep up with traffic. It just won't get there very fast. That week that I had it, it, it wasn't that bad on the highway. I mean, but no. I'm used to driving the brown Colt, so no. I'm used to slow if you, vehicles. If you plan. If you're used to a slow yeah. vehicle, it's yeah. totally fine. And you know you can keep your momentum, and you can, you can plan that it's going to take you a few to 30 seconds to get to, you know, 65, 70. Uh, it will comfortably cruise at sixty-five, yeah. seventy. You just got to hammer on the on-ramp and not yeah, worry about it without any like shimmies or shakes or anything. So it's it's not bad. Yeah, no, it cruises at eighty. Like Although that. it was like super super windy on Saturday, and I took it after work to pick up uh, some DSM parts. I'll get to in a second, and it was like just blowing back and forth, like because it's basically, it's basically a, a brick. C- yeah, it's a cinder block yeah. on a wheels, big square vehicle. Yeah, it was like a little frightening. So I mean. I kept it to like 65 because it was so windy. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, it's a problem, though. It's pretty heavy, so it doesn't really... No. It's pretty planted. You just feel it swaying in the no. breeze. And I got a, a, a text yesterday from uh, Josh at Adventure Driven Design. Yep. Uh, my 99 Montero was picked up 
by the carrier company. Sweet. So it's expected next week at some point. I'm still upset I couldn't get it for you, but timing just didn't work out, and uh, I'll get the next one. Yep, it's it's fine. I actually officially registered the trailer today, so... Oh, nice. Yes, nice. it's an actual mass plate on it. Excellent. That's good. Legalities. Be- because uh, you've done a couple of local pickups. Uh, well, not local, local. I mean, I was down in Pennsylvania over the weekend. East Coast. Yeah, East Coast. Within a few hundred miles, I guess but, you could say. Um, well, I guess... We'll do project car updates first, and then we'll get to that. Sure, absolutely. So like I said, I drove down. I was in Massachusetts, but I drove down to the South Shore. It was like an hour and a half drive. Yep, almost Uh, Rhode Island, probably. Yeah, a local guy had a good deal on a first-gen DSM rear subframe that had very, very little rust on it. He had already more importantly. He had already installed polyurethane bushings. And it had the it was out of a ninety three car, so it had the later four bolt. The strong the stronger rear end. Yes. That I do not have in my talon because it's a ninety, so it came with a three bolt. Right. So basically what they mean is on the output shaft flanges, so the ha- the C V shafts come out of it. Yeah, they, they, they hold on with three or four bolts. Yeah, there's a flange between the wheel bearing and the axle side. Mm-hmm. And on a three bolt it is a three-bolt flange, and mm-hmm. on a four-bolt, it is a four-bolt flange. Yes, so, the description is very, very accurate. Well, sometimes you you hear like a – you might hear like a four-bolt rear end and think like the diff is – pumpkin has four bolts or something like – Holding so, the cover So, on. yeah, so if you don't yeah, know DSMs – You're talking about like an, eight, an eight-bolt Chevy rear end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying to – holding the cover on. So yeah, if you, you don't you, know what DSMs, just trying to explain. Uh, so then – so that will that will allow me to – I can basically drop the subframe out of the talon and swap a new one in because the bushings are pretty well dry rotted out of that car because it's got 150k and it's yeah, it's time to do them. Almost thirty You're years old. You're planning on doing them anyway, so yes. buying a better rear end with them already installed was a no-brainer. Yeah, because the bushings themselves run like 150, plus all the labor of you basically have to burn them out and then press them in. So the fact that somebody it's already did this, oh, it was a good deal. I. I was I was very happy with it. In fact, it's still in the back of the Montero. We won't do it tonight, but at some point I need a hand. I probably need another person because it's so damn heavy. Yeah, we can get out like of me and the the guy I bought it from. We kind of like wrestled in there, but it's it's real heavy because it's probably over two hundred pounds. I mean, it's all steel stuff and yeah, big heavy duty part. Just gonna well, like I, I wire like brush it, clean it up, paint it with some so chassis black etching, stuff, etching primer and some chassis black. Yeah, like and then I've got uh, yeah POR, and then some like the um, I like that VVT urethane chassis paint works pretty good because it's not going to see weather. Yeah, VHT. Yep. Uh, and then I have I've had it for a long time. We clean at the bottom of the car too, actually underneath where that goes. Make sure there's no surface rust or anything in there. We'll check. I don't think there's much. This should be well. Anything that's there, we'll put a stop to. Yeah, I'll just cover it some POR and yep, call it a day, and just undercoat it some of the rubberized undercoating. But I do have, uh, I've had it for a long time, a white line. It's a 27-millimeter rear sway bar for that car. Adjustable. Yeah, you might as well put yeah. it in then. Oh, definitely, because it's going to help with any understeering. Because it's like a huge, fat rear sway bar that I've had for a long time. But it's hard to put in because you have to draw, it's on top of the subframe. It runs You up. have to drop the subframe to do it. Yeah, basically. So the, you might as well do it now. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to have it all set up. Uh you know, my dad has that transmission jack we got when we did the transmission in the 89 Montero, so we'll use that to lift it up in there. And Yep. So that's uh, coming soon in the spring. We also used that jack for the Sapporo last year. Oh, right. And we're going to have to do it again this year. Oh, yeah. 
and my Camaro this year. Oh, what's the comparison to clutch? A, it's going to be a busy spring. Uh, rear main seal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Might as well put a clutch in it. I, yeah, I'm going to. I'm not, I'm not going to do it until I get a clutch and I get this, the flag wheel resurfaced yes. and everything. I've never had it out of the car, so I mean, I don't know. It could be the original clutch for all I know. Well, does it have six bolts? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not really a lot of work. It's just. It's just a. Well I mean, it's it. it's not that big. What is, is it? It's a four. It's a Muncie four seed. Yeah, it's a Muncie. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's five or six bolts. It's can't not be that difficult. big. No, it's not that heavy either. No, no. I'm not 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 really concerned about doing cable the job. clutch. Oh yeah, it's yes. very it's a very simple job. So su- super simple. Then I also picked up. Uh, there's another local DSM guy that had a really good deal. On two used uh, Corbo Forza seats. Corbo Forzas or Corbo? No, they're Forzas, not the FX ones. Those are the one model up. Okay. So Forza is the like the real basic seat that they have, but they came with DSM bases. Are they Clubmans or Forzas? I believe they're Forzas. Okay. Yeah, they're Forzas. You're right. Yeah, just black. The fake Alcantara. Alcantara. Sorry. With vinyl. <clears throat> like, the wear patches. Bolsters and stuff. But I think, like I was saying to you, um, I think I will loan them to you for the Starion. Will help the Starion be more fun to drive for both of us. Yes. And I'm on Corbo's website as we speak, and they do make a set of brackets for the car. They're probably really cheap, too. They don't list the pricing here, but I'm sure they're pretty I don't think they're very expensive. It says brackets starting at, oh, let's see what letter it is. But yeah, they're pretty, pretty inexpensive. Yeah. <clears throat> not, it's not, not that really bad. About it. So, and then uh, I've got I've also got a set of 15 inch uh, S drives that are sort of worn out that you can throw on the 15 inch wheels you have, so you can just burn them off the back. They're 105 for the brackets, single locking sliders only. Well, I've already they already have this. We already have the sliders. You just need the brackets, right? But the that's, uh, the uh, sliders come with them. Hmm. You can't buy it as the bracket. Whatever. Maybe. No big deal. According to the website, I'm looking at it right now. All right. But yeah, that's all stuff we're going to do, and we're looking forward to doing video with that car. We're going to have a, a little project coming up, I think. We've written some scripts, so we're going to try to do a, a video series on it. Yeah, putting it back together, the yep. welding, uh, the maintenance, the exhaust, the interior being put back together. Um, or barely put back together. Put back together enough. Yeah. May or may not put all the seats back in it. No. May or may not put the carpets back in it. Well, we put the front carpet in it. Yeah. But we're just going to make it enjoyable to drive and just kind of I mean, hammer on it. The, the interior is pretty nice. Like, I would save the interior for a fried-out southern car. Yeah, which I was talking to somebody the other day who has a line and a couple more. So Yes, I I think I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always trying to wheel and deal for, for, for dry southern stereons. Yeah. Even when I shouldn't be? No. Oh, actually, I was wheeling and dealing with a guy the other day for another 1980 Colt with had like 36,000 miles on it, 37,000 miles on it, but he lost the title. Yeah. And I was gonna, I had him down at $250. $250. Like $250 for the car because I was going to take the driveline out and put it in my brown car because guy had no title and I need some other parts for it. But uh, he came with some uh, seller's remorse and he's like, you know, I want to do right, right by the car and fix it myself. So Okay. I'm not mad at the guy. Fair it's, enough. Whatever it is, what it is. I mean, Save, it saves me a trip to Kentucky. If you're dedicated enough for a cold, then yes. That means there's more than one of me out there. Yes. So anyway, so we have seats for the Snarian, tires for the Snarian, rear 
carrier and diff for the Talon. Yep. I would like to do some research and see if that your old diff, the LSD in that is would work in the Colt in some way. Probably not. The guts. Yeah, maybe. Probably not. I yeah, I'm not it. sure. It's might have to look into too, it. But I have new. a couple extra one center, or, center sections of three bolts. Yeah, yeah. Which, which would be fine for that car. Mm-hmm. No, no, totally fine. It probably isn't even a thing, and I'm probably going to be laughed at by other Mitsubishi probably. people listening right now. But my my wheels in my head were just spinning thinking about it. And I was like, nah, it's probably completely different. I don't think you can even uh, a first gen Montero diff is probably way too big for it with it's LSD. Too wide. Yeah, it's too wide. But any could, any diff with a car well, it was going to have to be cut and yeah and welded because it's basically like a first gen uh, Montero diff is kind of like a Ford. Nine inch or something. Yeah, simple. It's just, simple style. It's just big. It's not a four nine. It's just the same no, style. No, it's a, a four nine. It's similar though. Yeah, and it has an LSD already in it. Again, which, I'll which do some research okay. to see what center sections work with what. Because if I can keep the stock housings, it would just make life easier. Well, it's build brackets. it's independent, so it's not going to be the stock housings. No, if I can put the center section in my stock solid axle housing. Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. I probably can't do it. Maybe. Who knows? It's just it's a carrier assembly. The, the, Frank, the Frankenstein in my head is just going off. It's so. just a carrier assembly, and I mean, inside of the pumpkin, it just rides on bearings. That's what I mean, yeah. So if it can sit, if it sits and rides on bearings inside of the other axle, it might work. Yeah, we can try to look, we look into it. It's the the difficulty is just making sure it's shimmed right. Because mm-hmm. so. I don't, uh, the, a lot of the Colt guys, they do uh, like a Toyota pickup truck or whatever they can find in the junkyard and just weld new tabs on it and make it fit. But, which isn't difficult, I guess. It's just, I don't know. So yeah. I'll figure out something. The car needs limited slip. Like, it, it needs some kind of a locker in the rear just because it's, even with the, like, 11 horsepower that it just has. weld it. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to, but then I remember back to the orange arrow. Oh, yeah, it just kept breaking and axles. And it kept breaking axles on it because the axles weren't strong enough. But didn't a, like a fire arrow, as rare as they are at those LSDs? If you can find a fire arrow rear end, it's a bolt-in part. But, but they're they super rare. they just don't exist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they exist. They just don't exist around mm-hmm. here. Or even that much in the West Coast anymore. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'll, I'll figure out something eventually. But speaking of there yet, lightweight so. rear-wheel drive cars, yes. what did you do this week? Uh, I went with a friend of the podcast, Al. And we picked up uh, second to him... Uh, European Ford Escort. Uh, he has a Mark II already, and we went and we picked up a Mark One RS2000. Um, pretty amazing car. Uh, it's about you know same size as the Colt, the, the 78 Colt, maybe a touch smaller. Um, it's not plated or registered, so I didn't drive it far, but I drove it around you know, the parking lot at the Outback Steakhouse next to the car wash where we were rinsing it off. It's a pretty open parking lot right there because it was. 10 in the morning and nobody was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quick. It's it's very quick. Um, it's a stock rebuilt motor, but has a different exhaust and it has a different cam. So it's got a little hotter of a cam in it. I can't. I'm trying to remember back from reading like retro car. Like what engine was in those? It's a two liter uh, Ford Pinto motor. Yeah. So it's the same motor we got in the Pintos over here. But they were just in a much more capable. Which is what shell. went into like Formula Fords and stuff. A lot of them had the Pinto motors in them, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's guys out there doing 225, 240 horse naturally aspirated Pinto motors now. Oh yeah, they've been around for so long. Pretty They're, ridiculous. Yeah. 
I mean, this car here, factory was about 115. The, the dual carb? It's a single carb car. Single carb. Yep, single carb. Um, factory, I think it was like 115 ish mm-hmm. or something like that. I'm probably wrong on the exact number. And with the, it's a fresh rebuild, and it has, like I said, kind of a hotter cam and a free flowing exhaust. That's probably somewhere right around there. Um, it's a quick little car. It weighs about 2,000 pounds. Yeah, it's probably plenty for that it, car. It moves right along, and it's got a nice, uh, solid pedal feel on the on the brakes. And it just, the car feels tight. It doesn't feel like any other small 70s car I've ever driven. No. Uh, this particular one is not a true RS2000. Yep. Uh, it's a 71 that predates the RS2000. But um, it is the same kind of shell, a Type 48 or Type 49, made in uh, Avro, Germany. Yep. So it has all of the extra bracing that a um, RS2000 would have. It's got uh, plates around the uh, front strut towers and in the radiator support. And it's got a couple of triangulated braces where the subframe meets the firewall. And, um, and somebody had a true RS2000, and it was beyond repair for whether it was rusted or wrecked or whatever. And every part for the car came out and was put in this um, GT shell. So it's a 1300 GT and it has the full RS2000 swap in. RS swap. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's so, like a so and it's right uh, left hand drive. It's left hand drive because it, cool. it came out of Holland. Yeah. So it's not a right hand drive car. Yeah. Which to me I, I don't really care but I guess a lot of people here in a left hand drive country as we talked about last week would uh, really want a left-hand drive car. So it's a sweet car, and I, I, and I'm, I feel privileged for a having the you know been able to go pick it up, and b having uh, gotten a chance to drive it because it's pretty amazing. Yeah, we'll try to do. I'm sure Al would be okay with us doing some video stuff. With oh that, yeah, so. he's not okay with it. He wants to do it. Okay, so great. We definitely we'll work on that when it gets warmer, and we'll work on some uh, some extra sound equipment for those because both those cars sound ridiculous. This recorder will do a pretty good job. They sound really yeah. good car. Like when he first thought of the car up, it was absolutely amazing. Um, and I'll give a quick uh, a quick plug to the guys that helped us out with it down at uh, uh, Orchard Euro in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, they have guys in England and they have guys over here, and they're pretty good at importing cars and parts. Um, I don't want to call them competition. We'll call them friends. <laughs> uh, he's a really good guy, and he's uh, he's heavy into Volkswagens. Yep. He has tons and tons and tons of, if you're looking for weird, rare Euro Volkswagen stuff, uh, Orchard Euro out of PA is the guy to talk to. Uh, his warehouse was ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, what wheels were on the Escort? Was, uh, were those the... Um, the RS alloys, the four spokes. Oh, they look just like the, um, oh, what's the name? It's a... It's I don't know a, where you're going it's with a, this. It's a British wheel company. It's revolutions, not, revolutions. Yeah, the similar style, but it's a it's a it's a four spoke forward wheel. Oh, okay. So it's actually off of a Capri, so it's a deeper dish oh, than okay. the. Uh, they make the same size for the Escorts, but they're a narrower wheel with a shallower dish, and the ones from the Capris have a deeper dish for a bigger car. Oh, cool. So it has the deeper dish Capri style. Now the the, the R it doesn't have those big like bubble flares, right? No, it has the rear quarters on the GT shells and the RS shells are um, rolled from the factory yep. to fit the bigger, wider tires. And when it you know goes into full cornering, it doesn't rub in the quarter panel. Hmm. Uh, and they have a very small arch in the in the front. The fenders are just a touch wider than a standard shell. Hmm. If you didn't know you were looking at a flare, you wouldn't realize it. And you park it side by side with a standard Escort Mark One, you'll see it's here. a little bit wider. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is—it's a little bit wider. Any car you see with the the big over fenders, 
was um, modified after the fact. Oh, okay. none of them came with those from the factory. The Mark Ones, Mark Two did a square box flare. Uh, they called the X Pack Arch, but totally different, cool. totally different setup. So that's a it's a it's an amazing car. Um, it's he's adding a couple of uh, oversized fog lights to the front of it, just like his Mark Excellent. II already. So those are going on probably as we speak, and the car will be out and about this uh, this spring. And I can't wait to drive it some more and drive it in the street and drive it with the Mark II and just kind of I have these visions of like you know lock stock and two smoking barrels, just like. The movie with her, yeah, just screwing around in the back alleys of England, just doing drifts and donuts, and not smashing into the car in front of them. No, but uh, everything but that part. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to it. Anything else? Um, I helped another friend move his Corvette around today. That's about it. Nothing the Z06, that. yeah, yeah. The Z06 we talked about before. Would you learn that uh, Corvettes? Corvette is very future wide. reference. Future reference, yes. For using your trailer for a Corvette. Yeah, you can't Those get out. fit, but you can't get out. Right, you had to climb out through the window. Yeah. So thankfully, Joey, who owns the car, is uh, svelte. He's, he's, he, he is svelte and spry, and he managed to do it, because I had been stuck in there forever. I'd have been trying to drive it from the back. I don't know how I get out of there. Yeah. I would have ruined everything in the car trying to get out of it. Because <laughs> it's the 06, too, so it's a hardtop car, so you can't like, yeah. take the top off nope. and do it. So it's just, he had to climb through the window, so he took his shoes off and slipped through and... He, he had the entire like nose covered in clear bra. He did. Yeah, it looks really nice. Actually, you can't even see it like, because the entire thing's done. Like it, it's no, the, it's 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 only like halfway up the fenders and stuff. It's a normal. Setup. Oh, I thought it was still like the panel gaps. No, he didn't do it that far. Okay. No, it, lo- it looks really good. Whatever the new product is, I'll have to find out. Um, it's pretty nice. I told him at minimum they have to use 3M stuff because anything else will turn yellow. It's a of new. Of course, it's a it's a that's it's a new brand. Yeah. It's not. I don't even think it's 3M. I don't know who it is. It's a self healing one. Oh, okay. Um, and if it gets little rock chips in it, you put some hot water on it, or you put a hairdryer to it, and it kind of like heals itself. Hmm. Yeah. The, one of the guys that was another customer that was there, I was talking to after we finished loading it up, and he just had his Audi done. Uh, he had a bunch of other cars done, and he was talking about how he put the hot water on it. He got a scratch on it. He put the hot water on it, and it just it was gone. Couldn't see it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I basically told him when he was asking me about it, because I did have it on my Evo. It, it's kind of it's sacrificial stuff. If you were doing a lot of driving... Yeah, if you had to do a lot of highway driving, you'd replace it every couple of years. Well, especially on, on C5. On his car, it will probably last the entire life of the car because 100%. he's very careful with it. So, well, especially on the C5, where the fender wraps around inside the wheel well. Yes, there's a whole lot of painted area that will just get destroyed yeah. along. In fact, drives. on the on the Boxler Montero that I bought from the factory, there is clear as the where the fenders Mits- roll in. Mitsubishi's been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Um, the wide-body Starions in the 80s, they had a big clear patch at the bottom of the quarter panels. They did not do it from the factory on my Evo, though. That's right. Where the rear doors yep. bulged out. I had to buy... They came up with a kit after the car. To go over the door. Yes, because people were complaining about it being rock-chipped up. So I I bought it when I bought the car when it was pretty new and I put it on because it, it kept down the rock chips. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. This thing sticks out so far in the front of the car. Yep. They're going to have a uh, an issue there. And then I had the front of it done and... It actually got hit by a rock, but it didn't go through it. It left a mark, but it was just like the 3M stuff. And the only time it, it turns yellow is like I worked in an Infinity dealer, and people would put it on their, you know, they get in the FNI office, and they have it put on their I-30. Mm-hmm. And they never watch it. And it's it like a white I-30, never. and they never, ever take care of it, and it turns yellow. So it just you have this, like, yellow nose cone on your yeah, uh, exactly. white I-30 with your gold trim that you had done, and your... Uh, Italian flag pinstriping. 
Yeah, come on now. Watch, watch the uh, watch the the the, the racial racial or uh... seen some, I saw some ugly pinstripes there. That they they had, they had guys that would hand pinstripe stuff. He's like, yeah, I've done some real ugly ones. Like he's like, I've done like purple on like a a green car just because the customer wanted it, and like I, I, he's like, I did it the you know Italian colored flag one. It's like so weird. Gross, gross, gross. But... Anything else? I got nothing else. No scale project cars. I haven't touched any. No, I think we'll do a few. We have a few listener questions this week. Not a lot, but a few. Well, we appreciate you uh, listening and we'll start and with the, interacting uh, with us. Facebook page. Yeah, we'll start with your Facebook page because we share one, it out on that's, each that's, one. That's the one I didn't load up yet. So why don't you start with the actual page? Okay. Question number one. What is it? Uh. Sorry, I don't have it. Air. I... Question number one, Frank Eck. Overlanding. Turning into the latest hipster thing? Hmm. I mean, it used to be called car camping, right? Anytime you give something a name, it becomes a hipster thing, I guess. I mean, if, 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 you, if you look at the actual overlanding culture that's out there, and you go to some of these events and, and things that they have, there's absolutely a... A hipster element to it. Uh, maybe I'd say it's it's just like any hobby, where you will get people that want to spend as much money as they possibly can on it. Just the I spent more money on this, so I win. People, not necessarily. There, yeah, I think it's how they think, though. Maybe there's I spent more. I win. There are people that are, you know, even like photography stuff. You know, you don't need really expensive gear to take excellent photos. Right. But there are people that are just into buying photography gear because they can, mm-hmm. and they will just spend tons and tons and tons of money. And it's definitely the same with anything. You're right. But I think in overlanding, we, we see it a lot more when you have an event like where you're talking about. Uh, I'm not going to name drop any stores or anything. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But there was a, a, a store in New Hampshire that hosted a big overlanding event, and that store considers themselves a lifestyle store, and they sell like $100 a pair of jeans. Yeah, or you know what I mean. They sell the MREs to go camping with. Like you don't need the ready-to-eat meals to go camping, and you don't you just, you just need some sandwich meat or some steak dips. Well, like I grill. said, like there's so much like overlanding content on the internet, and so much of it is about like gear reviews and all this stuff. It's like you don't need that much. You yeah, just exactly. need literally just need a vehicle that you're willing to go out into the wilderness with. It's reliable enough. Yeah, exactly, and has some good tires on it. It doesn't need to be like. Doesn't it need to be four wheel drive. No. <laughs> it doesn't need to be super lifted. Doesn't need to be like. No. Unless you're doing some crazy, crazy trails. If you want, that's fine. Which, if that's your prerogative. Which isn't overlanding, really. That's more of the off roading and the rock crawling. It's a different, whole different set of things. I think that overlanding, it definitely has a hipster element to it. But so does anything now that gets popular on the internet. And I am not going to be the one to say it, maybe, but. I don't think a hipster element is really bad about things. You know, we're kind of automotive hipsters here. We, yeah. we, we like the yeah. unloved cars. Um, we both wear plastic frame glasses. I generally have a beard. Andrew often has a beard. I've, I've had <laughs> we drink thick craft, frame glasses for like 15 we drink, years. We so. drink craft beers. Very hipster. <laughs> I'm wearing a flannel shirt as we speak. But basically... So, although Andrew's wearing an IZOD shirt, I which is definitely shirt. goes fancy. on the preppy side of yes. things. I don't have my collar pop, though. It's not. No. no, it's not pink. It's gray. It's okay. The uh, so I think there's definitely a 
and and an element of it that is that. But at the same time, I think I kind of fit into that element a little bit. Well, I believe the spending money part because I have like you know a, a Target flannel shirt, not a hundred dollar fancy flannel shirt. Well, like Land Rover is its vehicle based adventure, and they market it as almost a hipster element kind of thing. They market to a higher end crowd. Yes, but what I mean is like that is what overlanding is, is vehicle based adventure. Yeah, doing something in your car that's not driving it to work or the store. Yes. A reason uh, to go somewhere. Four wheeling, rock crawling, totally different. Like overlanding is you're going for a destination. Four wheeling, rock crawling, you probably just go out, run some trails, and then go home. Yes. Typically. Not necessarily a destination, but uh just uh, uh, the the journey is the trip, and the trip is the journey, and you just stop on the exactly. trail somewhere and camp. Do you night. need the built-in uh, refrigerator in your vehicle that you add? No, no, no. Uh, you know, a, a Coleman cooler from right. Walmart. Although our overlanding partner does have a six hundred dollar Yeti cooler. So it's pretty sweet. It is pretty sweet. I will say that it's uh, a Yeti cooler if you have the means. Is worth it. I highly suggest getting yes. one. <laughs> yes. I was, I didn't believe it until we actually used it for a week. And it was day five, and the it original would, ice it was would, still Yeah, in. it would refreeze things. Yeah, it was weird. So, yeah, but do you, like, can you just go out with a Walmart cooler and some sleeping bags? Absolutely. Then, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Just go out and see the world. That's... It's, it's funny because now that I'm in this world of things and I've, I've you know, I'm seeking out new things and new adventure and things. And now I'm looking for like a rooftop tent and I'm looking for a fancy cooler and I'm looking well, for, like, I want all the stuff, but I know I don't need once it. You, well, once you figure out what you want and we'll make it more comfortable for you, then it's worth doing it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, so I, it's, it, it, is, is it hipster esque? Yes. Is that a bad thing? It depends on what element of hipster you are talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. No Zimmerman says, uh, interview either original JDM guy or or and Danny Dyer. Um, I don't know who original JDM guy is. I went other to the, than he has a Facebook page. It's kind of interesting. Like he just reposts old vintage photography vintage. of Japanese stuff. Yeah. Uh, Danny Dyer, I do know who he is. I don't. And he's a pretty amazing guy. Um, he's a Starian racer. Oh, okay. Um, he would be actually very cool to get in the show. I, I've never actually reached out or talked to Danny Dyer. Uh, I'm assuming that Noah Zimmerman has. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe he can make that connection. I've never, I don't know who Danny Dyer is. I think he's in France or Europe or he's somewhere. Yeah. We're due for a guest. We'll work England, on that. Maybe we've been a little busy. We have been. Life has gotten in the way as it always does. But no, I, I would definitely like to get Danny Dyer on here. I know he's one of... I don't know if he was a, a factory-backed driver at one point. I don't know. He's got a lot of cool stuff. That's all I know. <laughs> lot, lots of cool race car flat-side bits. Cool. So, next question is from... Jeremy Nutt. Always good for a question. Yep. We like that, Jeremy. Thank you very much. Keep him going. It says, you have both worked in the dealership life at some point. If you were to open your own car dealership for a major automotive brand, what are the biggest changes you would implement to bring it up to 2017 standards? Biggest changes to the dealership? To bring it up? I don't know. See, I think I would bring it back in time, not up in time. Yeah? Just have a old school, 
you know, waiting room, nothing fancy. I don't know. I think that there's too much emphasis now on the the customer experience versus just go drop your car off, sit in a waiting room and get it fixed. Yeah, probably. I think that there's more, maybe make it more personal than, like, I don't know if you've ever, I went um, and dropped off when your father wasn't driving mm -hmm. after his surgery. I went and I dropped off the Subaru with him. Mm -hmm. And we were like sitting in the waiting area, and like just it just wasn't very personal. Like nobody talked to you; they just tell you where to sit and wait. You sit in like a movie theater style chair. It kind of feels like a factory for people to go through. Yeah, I mean, I yeah they get free food and stuff like that, but it's I don't know. I don't well, want... have Wi-Fi and places to like work. I guess while you're waiting, I guess people but... don't want that anymore either. So maybe I'm just being old man, but I kind of think. I would have it more. And and, it, and this comes back in my own working experience. I've worked in a lot of dealerships. Um, and two of the dealerships I worked at were the now defunct um, PVD Chrysler Plymouth dealer and Jeep dealer um, and the Ipswich Ford dealer, both of which are very set in their ways, you know, old school dealerships. Yeah. Um, and they treated people nicer there. And that's just kind of how I... Had, I, had, I had a better experience there than anywhere else. They treated every customer as a person, not just a volume number. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I would I would do differently. And I would try to bring some kind of passion into the employees and not just make them employees of a dealership with a bottom line. Try to make them more into the vehicles that are there. Because that's one thing I notice is absent from most car dealership worlds is nobody there gives a crap about a car. Mm -hmm. It's just a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And that, that that to me, especially when I was younger and just getting into the business, was pretty depressing. I was like, all right, I'm going to work on cars. I'm going to talk about cars all day and talk with car people all day. And then it was like, cars suck. I can't wait to get out of here and go home and drink beer and watch TV. Mm. Yeah, but we're here working on cars. Let's talk about them. I don't care about cars. Give me an oil filter. Mm. So I, I don't like that. I think there's got to be some kind of way to bring some kind of some kind of passion back to the people whether it be a, a project car in the shop that's kind of a shared project car with everybody or, you know, something simple like a drag race team or an autocross team or a track night team or something. Just something, a little extra incentive for the people that yeah. work there to be into the cars, into the products. Well, uh, I actually, I'm back at a dealership and uh, I was surprised. It's only been like a week, but uh, a lot of the employees are actually into cars. Oh, there you go. Like I was watching them today. Uh, they The techs cut off a little bit earlier. Then they we doing parts, so I was sitting there at the parts window and I was watching two techs detail their cars in their bay. Okay. And uh, another one pulled in. He like had like an '89 third gen Camaro. Sweet. That was kind of like, uh, kind of like um, I don't know, pro streeted. He had like moon discs on it. It's cool. He's probably in his twenties, real young. So that's cool. No one had a lifted truck. So all right. Well, I I I was surprised. I, I remain I, <laughs> surprised, but. I yeah I was. Surprised. I used to get made fun of for bringing my car in to detail it. They're like, "Why are you cleaning that thing so much?" No, a lot of these guys are into their cars. So. All right, well, that's good. Maybe it's like, a difference like, of being cool. an Audi yeah. dealer versus a lower end car dealer. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, pull up your spot. Sorry. Yeah. But I I don't know. That that that's not the norm. And if that was the norm, I wasn't expecting it. I would much I would be much happier working in a dealership if that was the norm. I think. Yeah. But. All so, right. So next questions. Kind of go to my page. Or your yes. page. Go to your page. All right. Uh, questions. Here they are. Uh, Noah Zimmerman says, what do you think of Formula E? 
Have you seen a Formula E race? I've never watched it. I've watched one Formula E race. Um, I think it's interesting. I think that it has its place. Um, I don't think that it's ready to be mainstream. Um, just because, I don't know, it's quiet and weird. And I'm just a grumpy old man that wants a gas engine. But it was cool. It was different. It's cool to see the forward thinking. It's cool to see some performance stuff in the electric car world. Aren't they running like in New Jersey or something? I have no idea what the closest race is going to be. Hmm. But I, uh, I, I, I did enjoy it as something that was different. Um, to me, a lot of the racing is the engines and all that noise and ridiculousness. But I understand that I'm in, you know, a minority when it comes to not wanting to use fossil fuels or keep using fossil fuels. So I understand where it's going, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's interesting. I just, uh, I don't think it's a hundred percent ready to go full mainstream yet, just because it's a shocking departure. seeing these like electric go-karts going around the track. Mm. So that's my opinion. You don't have one because you haven't seen I it. I haven't seen it. Okay. I think they're, I think they're going to run in like New Jersey or the Brooklyn area or something or with maybe, I don't know. I have to look into it. Like a street race? Yeah. That's weird. I'm not sure. You know you know who to listen to is the DFL show for yeah, motorsports stuff. Yeah, about it. Yes. DFL for dead fucking last. Yes. Listen to that podcast for motorsports stuff. Yes. They're, they're, they're way more into than we are. We are. We are what I would consider casual race fans. Yep. With, with an emphasis on rally car stuff. Yes. Uh, Jason Ward um, says, next Japanese classic to jump in price. I think we covered this a little while ago, and I think my answer was first gen RX sevens, and that was kind of my standard answer because they well. swing wildly from very inexpensive right now to very expensive. Yep, uh, first gen RX sevens, second gen turbocharged MR twos. Um, also, um, Celicas yes. are on the upswing. First gen Celicas are on a big upswing. TA twenty sevens is that there? Uh, TA22, TA27, there's a few different, depending on the jazzies, depending on the bumpers and the trunk or, um, that's an RX3, Andrew, on a Celica. Uh, those are already way up in value. Um, depending on whether the trunk car or hatch, uh, fastback car, they have different designations for them. Uh, but yeah, first-gen Celicas are on the way up, RX7s are on the way up, turbo MR2s are on the way up, supercharged MR2s remain cheap. Um, hmm. I mean, they're not like free, but they're still sub five grand for a decent car. And I think we covered early Super Celicas are not. Early Supers are not worth a dime. Weird. Yeah, they're just not. They're, so, they're not a performance car. They're just kind of a. They're a good looking car though. The first, the first generation is very polarizing. Yeah. Uh, I like them. Most people don't. Uh, the second gen cars are very pretty. They're just not worth a ton. Some super, super low mile ones. Um, I've gone for a couple of dollars more, but nothing, nothing's the blown me out of the water. Third wall. gens are head gasket issues. Head gasket issues are not worth very much. They're, they're also pretty cars. Yeah. They're just not worth anything. I, I still like them. Um, Magellan has a quick follow-up to that question that says, maybe quick around the world with the next five? Well, we're jump? just covering that. So. Well, let's see around the world. So he's saying get out of the Japanese world. Oh, oh, oh. So if that's the case, that's a real quick easy. I won't even do five. I'll just do the ones that I always talk about. I just had probably an hour-long discussion about this, driving back from Pennsylvania with Al yesterday. Yeah. Um, any water-cooled Porsche, 924, oh, 944, yeah. 944 Turbo, they're, they're going to be out of control very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
RX-7s, obviously. Yep. Uh, Third-gen Camaros and Firebirds. I think so. 100%. Clean, clean, clean ones. Not oh. not standard base models, not even early Z28s, but the later IROCs, the anniversary cars, uh, the turbo Trans Ams are already way up there. Okay. Clean GTAs are going to be worth something. Clean okay. formulas are going to be worth something. Okay, well, within that uh, genre, uh, manual transmission, Fox bodies. 100%. Those have already gone up a little bit, I yes. think. Um, more so than the Camaros and Firebirds. Yes. Uh, but they are still affordable. So those those are going to be up pretty quick. But they're approaching like, you know, five or six for a good car. A real clean car is already 10 grand. Yes. Yeah, 100%. So like, like I said, a, 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 good, a good driver a is five to A good driver is five yeah. to six. A super clean car is 10. Plus, <laughs> depending on how many miles are on it. Yeah. And the uh, GTs are worth less than the LXs now. Yeah, GTs just didn't... That the style hasn't, hasn't for some reason the LX yeah. just aged it's cleaner. It aged much nicer. Aged yeah. much nicer, yes. Especially louvered taillights. Yeah, yeah, I like a uh, I like a, a fastback. Okay, see, I prefer a coupe, a notch. Yeah, notchback. But those are probably the next the next few cars to jump um, up. And yeah, I mean, you're getting the 80s and 90s stuff now because that's our generation. And is anything we wanted when we could. We're getting older when we have money yeah. now to spend. Unfortunately, nothing I own is going up in value. E30s. E30s are already going through the roof. Yep. I mean, even a clean four-cylinder, a 318 is, a, is, is you know, they used to be free. Yep. Now they're five, six grand, so they're going up, no question at all. Anything German in general is just, it's just kind of strange. I think what else? Um, any early Audis? Uh, the Coupe Quattros are out of control. Well, those have been out of control for a lot of years, yeah. but... Everything uh, else is kind of staying stagnant. The early RS cars are the RS cars, but um, S cars, like the first S fours and S sixes. If you can find a clean one, like a B five, a four B five, the B four, the B four with the five. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't like I don't, a like a two thousand is one of that. No, it's a, that's a B five. So we're talking like ninety five, ninety five, ninety six. The big the U, square ones. The URS URS Quattro. Yeah, the URS four. Okay. That's the S4, the 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 100 chassis. Yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not good with Audi chassis codes, but that's something like that. But the early the first generation the big of body cars? the big cars, yeah. The first generation S4s and S6s. Are, oh, are clean ones are starting to go up. E39s. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah, 100%, especially 540s. Yep. Especially because 540s. The mid 80s 5 series, what is that? E28s. Those have already gone. Um, not a ton. The M5s are the out M of control. Is a, uh, you can't touch an M. Which is any M car is out of control. Yep. Um, but a regular E28, if you go with a um, 320, oh, sorry, 320, a 525i. E36 M3s. Those are going to go very soon. Clean ones are already over 10 grand. Yep. So those are going to be through the roof. And then quick. E46s are already up there because they're. Those are too new for me to even look at. I don't even know. Yeah, they're pretty. I just they're too new. I don't know anything about them. They're a nice car. I'm sure they are. I just don't know anything about them. Another weird sleeper car. Um, not sleeper in the means that it's fast, but sleeper in the way way that they're going up in value. Um, is early '80s like Cadillacs, the big, the last of the big rear wheel drive full frame two door Cadillacs. I know. I saw that one you posted the link to. It was a couple of places on. It's on eBay right now. It's got a. 
the one with the fourth fourth five, gen seven in it. Camaro, the uh, fourth gen Corvette swap. Well, it's, it's not Camaro. really a Corvette swap. It's an LT one, but they just say Corvette swap because Corvettes had LT ones. Yeah, could be a Caprice swap for all you know. But that body style car, yeah, it's that big body. Um, the last of the you know huge Cadillacs. Mm -hmm. Those have gone up a bit. I mean, those again, those used to be like a the car you could see people down there luck driving, and now they're yeah. they've turned around into being cool again. And which kind of ticks me off because when I was 19, my father offered to trade me my mom's old blue caddy for my Cutlass. And yeah, I was you like, no, I don't want a caddy. That's a big old man car. But now I yeah, kind of want blue doors off your Cutlass, though. I know, but now I kind of want it. <laughs> so that's uh next question is uh, Brad Anderson says, the glory that is the R26B, talking about any of the 767787B early 90s stuff. Uh, to which I said, that's not a question. And he said, will you talk about it? That's a question. Uh, no, I don't know anything about it. Do you know anything about it? I know it sounds amazing. About the actual race car? Yeah. Not, not really. It sounds amazing. I mean, I know there's a model kit sitting over here on the shelf. Yes, there is. Yeah, of the uh, Maz deliveried one. Yeah. Uh, the uh, renowned yeah. orange and green car, charge car. Still the only Japanese car to win Le Mans. 20 Toyota, plus years on. almost did it. Yep. To the last lap. But, yep. Uh, so we'll talk about it that way. It's a cool car. It won Le Mans. We like it. It's an iconic paint scheme when it has the charge renown livery mm -hmm. on it. Uh, but that's it. Sorry, Brad. New question next time. They're not, uh, I don't know. They're interesting cars. I'd like to own a rotary at some point. Yeah, they're very fun cars to drive. The very linear power band is, is cool. Like we were saying, first gens. I, yep, they're going I up. I should try to get a first gen. Now's the time. Mm -hmm. And not a, not an early first gen, a late first gen, like an FB versus an SA. Yes. Uh, as far as value goes, I like the styling of the SA a little better because mm -hmm. it's an older style, and yep. I prefer the older style. But I think value wise, the FBs, which are the eighty two, eighty three, eighty four, eighty five. And believe it or not, that is a car that in New England is actually easy to find. Nice ones yeah, for whatever common. reason, they're yeah. very common. Well, they were parked for the winter time, and they were parked for the winter time. Yeah. Yes, there are three season cars, so sometimes you get lucky. In this climate, with sports cars, because if yeah, they, they were stored a three-season car, they got stored for the winter. Driven all year and abused. Yep. Uh, Joe Osborne says, "Can I drive the RS?" Uh, not my call, but uh, I'm sure if you talk uh, Al's ear off for a while and get in his good graces, you can get behind the wheel, yep. or at least in the passenger seat. Yeah, that's um, probably more likely. But yeah, <laughs> uh, Matt Sullivan, how to spot the markers of a good mechanic? That's a good question, actually. How do you spot a good mechanic? Um, is it cleanliness? Is it neatness? I don't think so. No. Some good mechanics are very messy. Uh, it's like, it's not necessarily like a ton of tools. It's the right tools. It's using the right tool for the job. Yep. If you if you have it available, I mean, if you're like in the middle of nowhere and you have no tools, then well, that's not a mechanic. That's a that's a well. I working with what you got is different. Yeah, a bush mechanic would be. I think we're talking, you know, working in a shop, differentiating the guy okay. you want to build your engine from the okay. guy you want to change your oil. If they, if they throw parts at something instead of diagnose it, that's not a good mechanic. But you you wouldn't know that walking into the dealership, but knowing them after you've been there for a while, you would know that yes. for sure. Yes. Yeah, just guessing what's wrong with the car is never no. a somebody who can diagnose something. Is, that is the main mark of a good mechanic. Yes. 100%. Because anybody can turn bolts and replace the part. You think that? Yeah, 
majority of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some people can't. Lefty loosey, righty tidy. But what about this? Yeah. Lefty loosey, righty tidy. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's that, that's a good point. Somebody who is a, a good diagnostic person is usually going to be a good mechanic, um, or at least somebody who you would trust because they'll save you money by not making you replace stuff that's not broken. Yes. So that's probably the maker. Yes. The We're telling you mechanic. like, you know, triage any issues with your car. Correct. Like these can go a little longer. You need to fix this right now. Stuff like that. Last question on my page comes from your mother, ah, your mom. Yes. She does listen to my podcast. She does. Um, hi, Sandy. And it is, a, we're recording this on National Women's Day. It is National Women's Day. So happy National Women's Day, Sandy. Yes. And my mom, Marilee. Yes. And your fiance, Stephanie. And my wife, Deb. Yes. All right. We covered everybody. All right. She says, I'd like to see or hear from a woman car enthusiast and hear how or why she became interested in cars. So that is a good suggestion. And we will add it. We will add that to our future guest list. Yes. I don't know very many. I know a couple. I know a couple. I do know a couple. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying I don't know any. I know a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend Sue who loves Volkswagens, mm-hmm. so she might be interested to to talk to for a while. And I know uh, Erica Dakota, who is that's a true, the rally. Yes, yeah. She was a two wheel drive rally champion. Yeah, that's true. So, so there there are a couple out mm-hmm. there. There are a couple, and we do know them, and we'll definitely add them to our list of potential guests in the future. So Sandy has an excellent, excellent suggestion that definitely helps the show. I didn't have any questions on my page. Hmm. You know what it is? You reposted the, you 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 shared the auto off topic link. Yeah. So it gets buried probably buried by Facebook's logarithms. Probably. I just took the picture, and added the picture without mentioning auto off topic. I was a little experiment I did to see if oh, it got more attention okay. that way. See, I was trying to like. Because sometimes the other way it used to work is if you if your page had shares, it would push it to the top because people are interested. It works in it. that way anymore. It used to. I think because now that Facebook has the pay to play, yeah, they want us to pay to promote it. So I just kind of went around the. I did try to put it on Instagram. It got some likes. Nobody commented though. All right, that's if okay. You, if no, I thought okay. No. I'm going to come out and say it. Okay. Joey says that we are mean and opinionated, and nobody should listen to us anyway. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to stick by the stereotype, and I'm going to go with it. All right. All right. If you see somebody asking for a question on a page, and you like the picture but don't ask a question, you're a, you're a scoundrel. Okay. Okay. That is what I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anything else. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes you're not I, a nice person. Ah oh, man, because sometimes there's other podcasts I listen to. Sometimes I don't have a good question for them that week. I just like it. I just like their posts because I – just to support them. Like I I did read it, but I can't always come up with a good question every week. Just come up with a bad question then. I'd rather a bad question than no question. I guess. Okay. What do I know? Fair enough. All right. So so um, a good round of questions. I think we're going to call this one. Okay. No other uh, topics to go on? I don't have anything else. No, it's kind of a weird week. I spent a lot of time just driving to Pennsylvania and back. Yep. And uh... other than uh, please like, share, and review this, please uh, on uh, iTunes. Uh, share it with a friend. We've had several people share it uh, across Facebook, different groups. We appreciate that. One hundred percent. Yep. We know who, you know who we're talking about. Yes, it helps out a lot uh, as we try to grow this, and uh, hopefully give you some more free content to enjoy. Yes. Uh, you know, we like talking about the obscure cars. You know, if 
if somebody wants to give us a new car to drive around and give our uh, humble opinions or asshole opinions on, yes, that's fine. We will do that for you, too. Uh, other than that, we're going to continue to play with old crummy cars. We are, and we're going to give you even now more with videos and photos and yes. blog posts. Yes, I promise that. So, There's a lot of stuff coming as soon as the weather breaks. Yes. Because it broke again today. It's like 50 today, but it's going to snow Friday. So. And be 10 degrees on Saturday. Wonderful, so. wonderful, wonderful. They'll probably salt again. All right, social media. Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook. Yes. Auto Off Topic on Instagram. Yes. Race and Anger for my personal page on Instagram. I am like... 80 people away from a thousand, which is kind of cool. Wow. Maybe you should pop yeah. that color. Yeah. <laughs> fancy, fancy I'm, boy. Uh, so fancy. Yes. Uh, and, and then Vintage Imports of New England. Yes. Uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Vintage Imports NE is the yes. is the uh, the link. Um, we are offering transportation services now. So Yeah, you're ready to go anywhere. Uh, I am ready to go anywhere for the right price. Lower 48, anywhere. And the right as long as the car is not too big cuz I have an enclosed trailer. That's true. So but it is SUV. enclosed trailering. Yes, it's enclosed, which is and, and my prices are very very competitive. Yes. But I'm enclosed versus open. So if you have something special, let me know. I'll take care of you very well. It will fit most things, I think. It'll fit a small SUV. It'll fit a it won't fit like a 59 Cadillac. That's where we're going to draw the line. <laughs> yeah, because it's over 20 feet, right? Yeah, the trailer is 20 feet long. I think a 59 is 25. It's 20-something feet. Yeah. But. Might not fit like a brass era car. Like your you know, your big Duesenberg might not fit in it, but right. like a Model T or something. I'm or... not shipping a Duesenberg. I'm going to call it right out there. <laughs> just uh, just there's, there's too much. I, I'm not shipping a Duesenberg. Maybe someday if I have a much fancier trailer. Hey, you might have somebody here that needs to get their car all the way to um, the uh, concourse, concourse week, car week. Oh, car week. The Monterey Monterey, car, yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm down. Just make it a smaller car. There's a lot of car. There's a lot of people out here with very, very nice cars that yeah, like to right. go to the uh, Monterey Car Week. We see them at the, week, the concourse so. out here, too. So. Yep. All right, everybody. Have an excellent week. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see, we'll you. see you next time. And uh, keep your cars analog.